Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. It's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Same mind. They speak the same thing. They have the same mind and they have the same judgment. God's still working on us. Don't you never say, God's still working on you. God's still working on me. And it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and the instrument, I didn't hear you folks. And the instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then, that then, not before then, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the blood had filled the house. This still has to be fulfilled. So we're looking at next year now. For the collective fulfillment of the Feast of Thanksgiving. Because even if we're ready now, we have to wait. Because it has to be just like it was back then. It was when the day of Pentecost was fully come. See? God does things with precision. He just died exactly on Passover. He could not die the day before. He could not die the day after. That was why he was very careful in his lifetime. Even though he was son of God and had angels and, you know, divine protection, he was very circumspect. Particularly last week, you know, when, he got, when they got to Jerusalem, after what we call Palm Sunday, he would leave Jerusalem. He'd never slept in Jerusalem because they could rush them. These crazy guys still have them around today. You know, they could just get a band of men and, and, and fight and, you know, injure Peter, James, and John and try and get Jesus to kill him because they wanted to kill him. But nobody knew where he was staying. He kept it a secret. So they would think maybe he's in Jerusalem. They, they would see him in the temple. Then in the evening, he just disappear. He would go to Bethany. Then he would come back. He would go to Bethany. You know, he said this. During his ministry, he said, a prophet cannot perish outside Jerusalem. He was very aware of his prophetic destiny. He, not only would he, must he die in Jerusalem, he must die on the day of Passover. And we need to understand these things, we ourselves. I understand this now. You know, this, this manifestation of the glory of God, the collective glory now, you know, has to be during the Feast of Tabernacles. So, even though I believe that we're just about ready now, we still have to hone in on the oneness, the perfecting of the unity, and all of that. So God will have a, a core, like we have in atomic nuclear physics, you know, a critical mass, a core that is fulfilling all those conditions. And through that collective core, there will be the manifestation of the glory of God. I said this on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I want to repeat it now. Do you notice 
that in the day of Pentecost, there was no cloud. And they could stand. What we had on the day of Pentecost was fire that came on them, their heads and speaking in tongues. But no cloud. No glory. Because it's not for that. It wasn't for that time. There have been experience of people having the cloud and the glory, you know, down through the Pentecostal age. But it's been in little bits and snippets like we know Kenneth Hagin had and that experience, you know, individually in his room when he died. He died, went to hell. God brought him back. Then he died again and went to heaven. And his room was full of a cloud. His grandmother and his mother tried to enter the room. They couldn't enter. So we've had we've had of that. But we're going to we, we this is still going to happen. Where we're going to the glory cloud will invade the church. And the choir will not be able to stand to minister. In fact, you won't see any of them. If you're sitting here, you won't see them. Hear me on the pulpit, you won't see me, you'll be hearing my voice. This section here. The cloud. This section here, my cloud. The, at the door, there, there'll be a cloud. People who are outside, you will put the door wide open. They won't be able to enter. And people who are inside will not be able to go out. These things are ahead of us. Are you listening to me? But this is the, what I call the collective glory. I want you to observe something just before I go on now to Tabernacles. Even about Pentecost, because we learn from what has happened. So we can know what to expect. Do you notice that after the day of Pentecost, there was no more fire? The next one we read up, you know, we read in Acts chapter 8, they go to Samaria, they get them filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues, but no fire. They go to the house of Cornelius, they speak in tongues, but no fire. Ephesus, Acts 19, they speak in tongues, but it's a, what was consistent was tongues, but the fire stopped. What is the fire? The fire was just an outward manifestation. God is not going to do it every day. But the one that was critical, which is the tongues, was consistent and up till today. Are you listening to me? Very important. You know, because when God does manifestations, the carnal man always tries to reproduce the manifestation. For example, I believe, I don't know, I believe, because it's still ahead of us, that this cloud is going to come. But I don't believe it's going to be every Sunday we're going to have a cloud. It's not like God. God's not spooky. Amen? We might have a cloud on the day of, you know, Feast of Tabernacles itself, you know, or during that time, you know. And then once that has happened once, it may never happen again until the rapture. Or God may just do it occasionally in different places. You know, but you can't, you can't come and want the cloud every, every Sunday. That's how a lot of people go into error. Because God did something once. They now want God to do it. No, no, no. He, he does it as a fulfillment of scripture. If once the scripture is fulfilled, he's not under obligation to do it again. He might do it occasionally here and then. I think he will, you know. I think, you know, maybe he does it in Nigeria. He might do another one in, in the UK. He might do some, one in America somewhere, in some church, you know. And, you know, maybe some in Russia or somewhere. I, I know God is like that. He will just, you know, just, but it will, it will be sporadic, occasional, and then it will stop. The reason is that men will start worshipping the cloud. 
God knows us better than we know ourselves. Hello, somebody. So that is, that is the collective manifestation of the glory of God is, uh, is, is in front of us for tabernacles of next year. However, the individual manifestation of the glory of God is still, that is why I've titled this message, Hastening the Coming of the Glory. And this is typified again, thank God for the scripture, in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus begins his miracles, as the choir sang so beautifully earlier on, in Cana of Galilee. That day was not a feast day. It's not recorded. Certainly it wasn't. Because they wouldn't do a marriage on a religious festival. You know? It was just an ordinary, you know, an ordinary day, you know, where they decided to have marriage. That morning, Jesus didn't even know he was going to do the miracle. When they got there, Jesus didn't know. Jesus just, he just went out of curtsy with his, the six disciples, that is Andrew, John, Peter, James, Philip, and Bartholomew. The first six. You know, even the 12 wasn't complete at that time. You know, so he, he just went out of curtsy and, and these guys were staying with him and they followed him. You know, and they also went to have a nice, you know, married feast. It was at the feast that his mommy comes to him with a strange request and said, they have run out of wine. They had wine, but the wine had finished. And Jesus asks the natural question. Mommy, what's, what's, what's our business? <laughs> I mean, it's not our wedding. <laughs> they should have made arrangements for the wine. You know, you know, he said they have no wine. So, you know, what's that to me? What's that to you? If you read the original Hebrew, uh, Greek, it says, you know, what's that to me and what's that to you? And um, his mommy now says to the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. I've thought on that thing for years. I heard Kenneth Copeland to talk about this. And, you know, after meditating on it, I come to this understanding. I don't believe Mary knew miracles were going to start. She didn't have that level of, because you know that later on in his ministry, you know, even when he was doing miracles, Mary didn't go. She would stay outside with her, with the other boys, James and all the other, cho- all the other children, you know. They said, God, call him for me. <laughs> you know, people said his head is turning, you know. So, I mean, it took her time to, even though Gabriel appeared to her and all of that, that's another thing I want to share with you. You know, I want to, it's a repetition, you know, of the divinity, head knowledge and revelation knowledge. She gave birth to the Christ. You know, but there were so many things she didn't understand. When he was 12 and he went to the, he said, why have you dealt like this with me and your father? He was surprised. He said, you know, did you not understand that I might bear about my father's business? The Bible says, you know, she kept these things in her heart. And she pondered them. She didn't really, she didn't fully understand. She understood better later on. But, you know, during the course of those first, those 33 years, you know, she, her understanding was increasing, you know, gradually. So when the ministry started and the miracle started, she really didn't understand. That's why, in a, in a sense, she initially didn't agree with him. That's why she didn't go to his meetings. And that's why Jesus gave the 
uh, oblique rebuke. It wasn't a direct rebuke. Rebuke not your rebuke not an elder. He just said it. They said, your mommy and your brothers and your sister, they're asking for you. He said, who is my mommy? Who is my brother? Who is this that hear the word of God? In other words, mommy should be sitting here. And she did later. We know that day of Pentecost. Holy mother and all his brothers. And that's why he, he, he gave his mother to the care of John. You know? And John made sure that they never missed any day of that upper room. So when the Holy Ghost came, they were, that prayer I pray for you every Tuesday, they were counted worthy to be partakers of the first fruits. It was because well, if, 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 if Jesus had left them to their natural thinking, they wouldn't have been there. They wouldn't have been there. It was because he insisted that she stayed with John. Then John made sure, and anywhere Holy Mother goes, all the children come. That's why all the brothers and sisters were there. And that's how we now got two apostles out of his siblings. Give the Lord a super clap offering. Two solid apostles, James and Jude. Hallelujah! No, no, no. Because they didn't believe in him. I said all of that to say this. Mary didn't know. She didn't have that understanding at that time that miracles going to. But she had an experience. And the experience was this. That over the years. Jesus is 30 years old now. Over the years. When he was 15, 16, 17. You know he was a, he was a carpenter. They dealt with wood. And there was also masons. A stone cutter. They used to you know, cut stones for building of buildings. So it was a good lucrative trade. That was what um, um, Joseph. His trade was. But she. She had observed something. That any time maybe there's no wood or there's no nails or they are lacking something, Jesus will say, go to Uncle Jeremiah. I'm just, you know, paraphrasing. Go to Uncle Jeremiah in village XYZ. He has. And any time they went, they always found it like that. So she remembered. So she now came to the said, look, they don't have wine. You know, you know, you have this ability of knowing where things are. You know, so you, servants, anything he tells you. If he tells you to go to XYZ down the road or go to such and such a place, you will find wine there. That was her thinking. But the Holy Ghost was operating at a higher level. Give the Lord a clap offering. So when she... When she said that to the servants and said it to him, Jesus now goes back and consults with God. He said, I do nothing except what my father tells me. So God now tells him, you to start your miracles today. So go and fill the water pots with water and give it to the uh, MC. Today we call it MC. <laughs> the master of ceremony of the, of the wedding. You know? And as they went, the, the, the water turned to wine. He didn't know until that moment. And God told me, he said, that's why when I asked God, I said, oh, individual, you will not know. He said, well, that is why I just want you to be ready. Everybody say, be ready and stay ready. And this is the individual manifestation of the glory of God. And you know what the scripture says? 
it says that, you know, uh, this beginning of miracles, John chapter 2, verse 11. John chapter 2, you're in verse 8 now. Go down to verse 11. Thank you. Everybody read it with me. Say, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and did what? Manifested forth what? God called the changing of wine, of water to wine, the glory. No cloud. Did you see any cloud in the feast? No cloud. Hello? No fire. But it was glory. Now that's what we need to bring now. Hasten the coming of the glory. And all of us are called to press in into this at this time. It can happen today. It may happen next week. It can happen anytime soon. And that's why, we, and by the time I finish this message, you'll see why I have entitled it Hastening the Common Glory. We have a responsibility. You see, I cannot hasten the day of Feast of Tabernacles. It's fixed. I can't hasten the day of Pentecost. But I can hasten the coming of my, the individual glory of God manifested in my life. Otherwise, it won't make sense. If something is fixed, it can't not tell me to hasten it. Now, of course, there's a curve of hastening, you know, redeeming the years. You know, if it's not 2022, then next one's 2023. And you, want, you don't want it to go to 2050. You know, so there's that part. But the, the individual manifestation of the glory of God has to be, can be hastened. That one, because it is not fixed and tied to a particular feast day. is only tied to a season. And this is beautiful. As I was meditating on this, watch this. You know what the Bible says? I, I explained this on, on Tuesday. It says, and the third day. They went to a feast in Cana of Galilee. Now, at that time, it was three uh, chronological days. I explained to them on, on, on Wednesday. Because, you see, he went to John the Baptist the first day. Then nothing happened. Then he now went the second day, and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. Then Andrew and Peter, sorry, Andrew and John heard and followed Jesus. Then the next day they went to look for Peter, um, um, Philip, Nathaniel, and all the So it was the third day. That's why I said the third day. From the first time he, the, 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 John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, and the first day John the Baptist said it, nobody followed him. It was the second day he said it that Andrew and John followed him. So it was the third day from the day Andrew and John followed. That was that day. Then there was the next day. That's when they got Peter and, 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 and Philip and Bartholomew and, and the others, you know, and, and James. And then it was the third day that they now went to the feast. Why is it recorded in scripture as the third day? Even though it was three chronological days, it was a prophetic Oh, give the Lord a clap offering somebody. That's why you need to fear the Bible. When I say fear, now I'm talking about reverence. Respect. Do you understand? It was literally three chronological days, but it was recorded as the third day with a prophetic uh, um, 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 desire, with a prophetic application. Because we're not going to see the glory of God this spirit without measure until this third day, which is the 21st century. The third millennium from Christ. And that's why we haven't seen it for two days. 
But the first 2,000 years of the church, he said, today and tomorrow I cast out devils and I do cures. But the third day I'll be perfected. And so, that's the application for that one. You know, so for, for, for us now, we are expecting on an individual basis now, and we can hasten this one, the outpouring of the, and the release of the Spirit without measure, which we see typified in Cana of Galilee, you know, and uh, we, it's also typified in two magnificent scriptures. <laughs> you know this Bible, you know, I, I, I said this some years ago, I said it, you know, by revelation, as I was, you know, because a lot of time when I'm preaching and teaching like this, sometimes 80, 90% of what I say is by revelation on the spot. It just, you know, it comes. That's how the word of wisdom and word of knowledge operates in my ministry. You know, I don't, it's not this, oh, somebody's sick there. I, I get that occasionally, but, you know, most of the time it's just, you know, it's, it's like that. He, I said this many years ago. I said, I, it, I, I said it under unction as I was teaching and I was preaching. I didn't say, thus said the Lord, but, you know, I said it. I said the scripture is a complex mosaic of the literal and the symbolic. And it's going to, it will take the spirit of God for you to be able to separate the literal and the symbolic. The reason why so many people get into error, particularly when they try and follow the prophetic, is that sometimes something is actually literal and they make it symbolic. And then sometimes something is symbolic and they try and make it literal. It takes the discerning, what I was saying in the Bible study. That is why, you know, as you grow spiritually, your perception and your discerning can become as accurate as word of wisdom and word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. So it takes the discerning of the spirit to be able to separate it says rightly dividing. See, when you rightly divide the word, you are able to separate what is symbolic from what is literal. When you wrongly divide the word of God, you go and apply what is literal to what is symbolic, and you apply what is symbolic to what is literal. Another wonderful thing, uh, Dr. Williams, he said this when he was preaching. He said he doesn't know why God loves Nigeria so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.